A, B, C. A always, B, B, C closing. Always be closing. Hey, what's up, everybody? Another episode of Scared Money Don't Make Money. As always, it's your boy Cam, your favorite recruiter's favorite recruiter. Welcome from my garage because my kids are outside playing because it's a nice day outside. Um, and as always, we have your boy Roy. I am, I am here for my looking as good as I do. <laughs> and we have Jared here for us today. I'm gonna let him introduce himself in a second, as always. Uh, but before we get started, you guys, you guys already know. If you like the videos, you want to hear about recruiting, uh, marketing, finances, management, career coaching, business building, anything in all between, click the subscribe button. Uh, check out our our captive, our Spotify, Apple podcast google podcast our twitter which roy didn't know we had till two weeks ago uh our instagram our facebook and you can always find us on linkedin uh, for sure so um without further ado jared please introduce yourself to the people and we'll get things rolling yeah awesome i'll just be super brief thanks for having me guys uh happy to hang on your coattails as the le- least good looking of the group so but that's all right you know like I've, that's how that's how i've made it this far I've just you know Latched on to people much better looking than, than myself. No, <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm a professional coach. I've uh, been doing it for the last five years. Background in management consulting and adult education. Um, really work now with working parents uh, to help, whether it be in their business or in their home, but really to help them find optimal performance in both. Um, because uh, there's just too many of us that are trading one for the other. And uh, my mission is to help stop that. And I know, uh, and I, I know one of the biggest things that I saw when, um, and the reason I reached out to Jared was because you're also um, trying to help a lot of parents be better and like spend more time with their kids and with their families. And so you're trying to help them navigate, you know, with COVID going on, how they can be more productive at home. So they're not just like working all the time. Yeah, for sure. The, the trade-offs that are happening are uh, only compounding, honestly, uh, with, with COVID because the challenges are just, they're bigger, they're larger. Uh, people, adults, parents, kids, they don't get the breaks from each other that they used to. So tensions are high, stress is high. And if we don't already have good coping mechanisms to, to handle that, uh, then things just get bigger and they compound. And the reality is it's not exposing these challenges or, or, or creating them, it's exposing them. It's showing people, hey, this has actually been here for a while. You and your spouse might not be on the same page or you might be struggling with your children's behavior in this way. And now all of that's coming to light and you can't get away from it. You know, you can't jump in your car and go to work the way that you could, you know, six months, you know, a year ago. Yeah, I know that was a big thing. Like uh, Adrian asked me the day, she said, when are you going to go back to the office? And I said, uh. I'm guessing that's like a uh, a sign you'd like me to like leave the house, <laughs> and uh, and you're right. And then a lot of it's because like you know I go to work and there's that break, and you know now that my kids aren't going to school, she's like she's telling me she feels she can't get an exercise in because when I'm home, if she disappears, the kids don't look for another parent; they just keep looking for her. And so I was like, all right, well, maybe after the new year, like I'll go like into one of our little offices, and that's where I'll do. Work. Yeah, huge. Howard, so let's take start with like how you got into this. I know you and I talked a little bit about like where you started and how you kind of got into the, you know, uh, the professional coaching. So if you could kind of run the listeners like 
you know, I know you were in school and then what progressed from there? Yeah, my, uh, like I said, my background was adult education and management consulting. So I worked for uh, a for-profit education company for nearly 10 years. Um, and so really had a lot of access and exposure to educating working, working adults, right? Already working with them, hearing their challenges, hearing their struggles. Um, that industry took a huge hit 2010. I had gotten pretty high up on the, on the food chain um, and had even relocated my family over to Washington, D.C. And uh, around 2013, I was laid off after I had laid off you know, nearly 100 of my employees, almost all my managers. Um, and almost, almost every other month, I was walking into a location saying, hey, we got to let you go. You and your whole team, you're done. Today's your last day. Pack up your box. You know, we'll we'll ship you your stuff, kind of kind of thing. Um, and, and you know, when that, when that happens, writing is on the wall. You know, when you have no employees, then they don't need you. So I I was laid off pretty soon after. I said I want to get out of this industry. I I love business, so I went and started working for a consulting firm, which. In that area, I mean, the average um, number of children for the Washington, D.C. metro area is like 1.4. So people don't have multiple kids. At that time, I had two kids, and they don't have multiple kids for a couple of reasons. One of them is that every house is, has to be a dual income home. So both parents are typically working. Um, and honestly, in many cases, daycare costs as much as uh, you know, an annual yes. salary in many cases. So Definitely. probably similar in California, I'd, I'd imagine. So, um, you know, I was, my, my wife has always stayed home. She's, she's never worked as long as we've had kids. And, um, you know, she was at home with the kids. I was commuting into the city. I was waking up super early, five in the morning, getting some exercise in, hurrying home, getting dressed, jumping in my car, driving to a park and ride so I could get on a bus, so I could bus to the Metro stop, so I could Metro into the city so I could walk to my office, work way too many hours, usually by myself, turn around, come back and do it all over again, get home late at night, pull out my laptop, put it on my on my lap, pretend like I'm hanging out with my wife, try to stay awake, do some work, go to bed and do the whole thing over and over. And then it finally just hit ahead where one day I'm riding on the Metro and I look around and I look at the faces of the people on the Metro and I say, how long before my face looks like that? And that was it. Went home that night, asked my wife, hey, do we want to be here? Is this what we want to do? We both agreed no. Went in the next week, talked to my boss, uh, said, hey, we're not renewing our lease. You can either accept my resignation or um, you can let me work remotely. We worked out a remote yeah. deal. We moved to North Carolina uh, about eight weeks later, moved into our house in Raleigh, North Carolina, March 8th of 2015 yeah wow no that's a whole bunch and roy's like i don't even know who this guy is but shoot <laughs> no i mean that it like just it was just like that epiphany it just it just hit you it, it was it was the grind so when i when i had reached the upper echelons at my previous company i had flexibility and comfort Right. I, I could choose when I went into the office. I could choose which location I went to so I could kind of play against the traffic. When I started working for the consulting firm, I had to be in the office by a certain time. Oh. And I and then it was way more demanding. You know, in my seniority at my previous company, it was more relaxed. And I've always been I'm an endurance athlete. Um, so I've already you know, I already sometimes spend upwards of 20 hours a week just training for some events. Yeah. So 
when it now combined with this, you know, this lifestyle that was forming, it just didn't jive. And so it was that moment on the Metro where I'm just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And it had been almost two years with that company and trajectory was awesome. Loved the company. I mean, we were working with clients all over the, all over the world. You know, I was set to go to, to Turkey the following month, Switzerland, the following month, the month after that, like it was, there were so many great things about it, but you know, I would get home late at night and maybe catch my oldest daughter awake and my youngest daughter, you know, don't even think about it. She was out cold. You know, our kids were down at, you know, seven 30 every night. So, uh, it, it just didn't jive with our long-term view. So we went, moved to North Carolina. Uh, I started working off the side of my desk, building a leadership development company that parlayed into people asking me if I did coaching. Uh, I coached a couple people out of their full-time jobs into their side hustle and kind of the rest is history from there. It's been kind of a, um, an entrepreneurial, schizophrenic, uh, fast-paced, crazy journey that I've loved because it has given me all the time that I want and need with my family. And that, that truly is you know, what matters most. Uh, so is that kind of how you kind of just got into that whole, I know you talked about it earlier, that, that coaching piece on helping people spend more time with their children, like, and with the, is it kind of from your experiences? Like, you know what, if I'm having this problem, other people are having this problem. So let me try to help others. Yeah, it, it kind of came um, in a lot of different ways, right? So some people would hire me to help them with their business, but you start digging into their business and then they start explaining the challenges in their business are sometimes results of what's going on at home. So they need to be more on top of things at the office, but because they've got challenges at home, they're using work time for family time and vice versa, using family time for work time. And there's no boundaries. The lines are blurred. And that then leads to that push and pull. And then when you throw in the way people think about these circumstances, that's where uh, I just started seeing the trends, seeing the challenges. And we actually created a formula for getting the best out of people, best out of their performance that applies to both at home and, and at the office. This was something um, I think like I had a problem with uh, before, you know, when I first started recruiting as Roy knows, like I worked a lot from home and, but the problem was, is like mentally, like you said, the, the boundaries that have to be there, I would feel bad if I was working and then like the baby started crying or something started happening. And then eventually like I had a conversation with my, you know, with Adrian and she's like, I never told you to come downstairs, dude. Like, I fully respect that boundary of, like, you have things that have to get done. And so I will say ever since we moved here to California, like, I have my area where I do work. And it's it's become, like you said, there's a boundary there where, like, the kids know to leave me alone while I'm working. But once I come downstairs, there's no work getting done. Like, I don't bring my laptop downstairs with me anymore to do stuff. Unless it's, like, you know, for the podcast or LinkedIn or something like that. Something that's going to help the family. But as far as, like, you know, when it comes to work there's a time and a place for that. So I can d divide that energy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and, as, and those boundaries, they're best set when they're communicated, when they're clarified, when you and your partner, you know, you come together, you collaborate, say, Hey, here's what I need here. And, and that happens in two ways, right? When the kids are screaming downstairs, if you've already agreed that this is work time and your spouse is on board with that and she knows it's work time, then you have to restrain yourself as dad from getting up out of your chair, going down, regulating, whatever it is, right? 
and and vice versa, right? She needs to be careful. And it doesn't matter if, you know, male or female, whatever yeah, yeah, the roles yeah. are, yeah, you know, yeah. the other one can't come up and be knocking on the door saying, Hey, uh, can you run to the store real quick? Or, Hey, can you cut the grass yeah. real quick? Or, Hey, can you go get the tires yeah. changed? Because that's just an infringement of those boundaries. What's happening with yeah. everybody melding the two together. Nobody's talking about the boundaries. Nobody's actually drawing yeah. that line in the sand and getting on the same page. So it's this weird passive aggressive permission oriented. Well, you know, yeah. yesterday you were sitting up in your office for five hours and I didn't ask you anything then. Why can't I go do this now? Right. Right. It's, mm. it's totally different yeah. than, Hey, here's the lines that we've, we've drawn for ourselves. Now we're going to play inside the lines and we're going to play by the rules. So we got it. Yeah. So pretty much what you're saying, everybody has to make an amendment, an amendum to the current structure i mean it, it it goes back to that communication piece I, I that that makes the most sense to me like okay under these normal circumstances this is how a b and c will play out but now with this situation and I, for me i can honestly say it's easy to it's easier to have business type structure and talk about business but when it comes to actually trying to communicate at home, yeah, I kind of sort of suck. There's emotions uh, involved. Because, I mean, because emotions involved, like, oh, you didn't help out with this. Because in my mind, okay, I didn't help out with this. But dang, I did this. Like, yeah. that don't count for nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Like, I took out the trash 30 minutes ago. <laughs> just because you made more trash That's now, like, oh, and it's in your way. Damn, what about the trash I just took out 30 minutes ago? Like, oh. That's your job, homie. That's that's a that's a man agreement. But but the thing, it's the man, <laughs> man agreement. However, comma you can't dictate when I do it unless we have discussed it. And now that you're mad that you made more trash, and it's in your way, like well you didn't take out the trash. Well shit, I took it out. Now you you make like because you made an amendment to the agreement. No, I don't I don't like it. So now everybody shut down. Now everybody fighting. Like the kids are hungry, I don't care. Let them be hungry. Everybody, everybody, everybody suffering now. Like, if I get in trouble, damn it, the kids ain't eating. I don't care. Ice cream, they ain't getting breakfast tomorrow. I might take them to school. So, (laughs) which is all okay because you know they're not eating it anyways. I mean, (laughs) nobody wants dad's cooking anyway. That's true. That's true. That's why we go to Chick fil A. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I like the communication piece is absolutely critical. And again, like these aren't challenges that are that are non-existent um, pre-COVID. They're just challenges that are becoming more clear when we're all yes. working from the same geography and, and having those conversations of when that th- those things happen or not. That's great. But I also think and I'll say largely this is dads because dads make up the workforce more than females typically, yeah. but this, this, I've absolutely seen this trip, this switched as well. Yeah. Whoever's working is more, um, you get more of the instant gratification, right? Yeah. So you think about like a harvest, like early crops or every two weeks you get a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get a good yeah. boy, you, you did your job. Here's your paycheck at yeah. home. Shoot, those those rewards, those are late crops. Those come maybe 20 years down the road. So, so for us, when we're operating in like our, our work environment and we're used to like, 
that, that praise and that kudos that's a little bit more instant gratification. And then at home, our spouses, men, women, female, whoever, our spouses can be like, well, listen, I'm training, I'm cleaning up trash all day long. And that's your job. Ain't nobody, <laughs> you know, cheering me on. Ain't nobody saying great job. So yeah. it's just a very different perspective that yeah. that communication process allows us both to understand and more importantly, define and say, hey, this is how we want it in our house. Yeah. This is how we want to support each other in our house. Yeah. No, I, and I, I 100% agree with that because, like, you know, I'm an only child. So I'm an only child to a single mother. So I love me a good attaboy. I mean, it's just I, I used to hate it. Or used to laugh at me about it. And he'd be like, yo, you're such an only child, dog. But now, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I am who I am. Um, but I will say, like, since COVID has started, because those are, like you said, those are so few and far between things are getting done. Um, you know, like man, um, like mental game wise, I feel like it has actually helped me, I guess, probably thrive for them a little bit less, which has also then, in my opinion, made me better professionally, because then I'm not also looking for that, you know, not looking for that necessarily gratification there. Because as we all know, professionally, if things don't go your way, life can, life can be pissed off. <laughs> um, but no, I get that. So like, one of the things that we, t when we talked that I told Roy about um, that I'd like you to talk about too, is that, that when you blew my mind with the intent, the intent for your intent, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I called Roy and I said, Bruh, I got to tell you about this. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, one of the things I know when we talked about it just real quick was like, you know, as you were asking me questions, you said, well, did you put this on your calendar, put that on your calendar? And, you know, I was like, well, that seems weird. Like, why would I put that on my calendar? But you know, obviously the great point that you made was that creates the intent there. And then, and then, so if you could kind of like talk about that, I, I think they'd really like to hear, hear about it. Yeah. That. So one, one of the things just to kind of lay the foundation is that our model is dependent on kind of three principles, right? Mm -hmm. um, we want to make sure that we are exercising routine. We want to make sure that we've got the right tools and resources. And we want to make sure that we are coming to play with a high level of intention. And we already do this in different areas of our lives. Our business is a great example of where we're super high intention. We've got things down to almost the minute sometimes. And I've seen businesses that operate so seamlessly because they have that so laid out. Now, in our homes, we oftentimes just think that things are fine. And we think that things are okay. And we don't come to play with that level of intention. But what's happening is that relationships are just they're, they're on autopilot, they're on cruise control. And it has to, it has to be that same level of intention. If we want to develop those relationships the same way we would with a cultivated, you know, customer who we're really trying to win some business with, we're going back and forth, we're scanning, we're paying close attention. Hey, is there anything wrong? Are they, are they worried at all about, you know, moving forward with us? And we're very attuned to those behaviors. And then in our own home, we see those behaviors and we are just kind of like, oh, she's just having a day. Oh, you know, that's just kids being kids. And so if we, if we bring that level of intention, you know, we talked about looking at your calendar, looking at all the business stuff. Now, already people can still probably schedule better around their business. Yeah. But where is the time that's protected for the kids? Where's the time that's protected for the spouse yeah. to build that connection? Yeah. Inspires confidence and relationship and a future. Like it's yeah. it's the long game, the same way it is for our highest prospect in inside the business. 
Um, and even something since we've talked last, I've really been looking at the calculation of, you know, how much time should you be spending? And if you think about it a week, you've got 168 hours a week. Yeah. Could you say that you spend 1% of your time eye to eye with your kids every week? 1% of your time. That's just under two hours. Yeah. Eye to eye with each child. Now, if you've got a huge family, then that can add up. That can be, you know, let's say you've got five kids. I've got four. That's, you know, seven hours a week. Yeah. But that breaks down to just around 10 to 12 minutes a day. Yeah. Mm. I would say eye to eye, probably not. But we are, but like, so I'm in an Asian household. Like my wife's Filipino. We spend a lot of time just together. Like, you know, like I have this, like I have this big house, you know, but like it's me and my wife laugh because... All of it's spent, like, we, wherever mom and dad are, obviously the kids are. Um, but I but I do, like, the personal time, I know, like, my wife tries to get, like, she likes to t- go out with the kids, each one, at some point, and try and, like, do this, like, to get time with them. Um, Straight up. Yeah. So here's the gut punch. How much time a week are we spending eye-to-eye with games? Mm. How much time a week are we spending eye-to-eye with uh, sports? I don't watch sports, so I can say zero. Yeah. <laughs> right? You you can insert whatever you want there, yeah. eye to eye, right? And yeah. and you do what I do, right? Yeah. You can say, well, you know, we're kind of always around. We've got family meals. We've got, but yeah. it's it really has been weighing heavily on my mind in the last couple of weeks, where I'm just like, hold on, eye to eye, that focus, that attention, the same attention that we're giving for hours a week on our favorite sports team on our favorite video game so like that's where the, that level of intention needs to come in and kids at different ages are going to need different things but if we want teenagers who communicate with us and connect with us then you better be getting that eye to eye time when they're five and six years old so that when they become a teenager it's not weird that my dad wants to hang out with me it's normal that my, i hang out with my dad so it's that level of intention and intensity that we need to bring home because we're, we're great at it at the office, uh, but we're not great at it at home. And the, the challenge is then, then the, the work spills over into home and we're, we're not being as productive at work because the home spills into work and it just is muddy. And so that level of intention in both places actually starts to alleviate some of that. So like so, so if you wouldn't mind, what's like what's like a day look like for you then? So day looks like for me, uh, and we've had some changes because the gyms have closed. So typically, first thing I do when I get up, I go to the gym. I get my workout in. I'll usually get a short run. I'll come home. I'll have breakfast with my family. Uh, I'll either make the meal or I'll I'll eat the meal depending on if my wife's running that day or if. She runs Tuesdays and Fridays. We got a whole thing, right? <laughs> you have boards, kids. don't you? You have boards in your house, don't you? Like a scheduling board. Dude, that's our next move, man. We have been talking about like putting up just a giant schedule that we can just all have. Um, but right now, it's really is it's on a Google calendar that my wife and I, we share. So we we have, um, so we'll have breakfast together. I'll then go. I'll get ready for work. I'll come up. Uh, I'll do some work. My wife will do kind of like a scripture study with the kids. Depending on my schedule, I might pop back down. I come down at lunch, have lunch with the kids, come back up and work. And then at 530, when I shut it down, 
go back down, we're having dinner together, and then I'll hang out with the kids. Uh, you know, I, I haven't even crafted that, like, where does that one-on-one -on -one time happen per day? Because I want to get to that point where I say, okay, this is carved out, protected. Um, it's really been the thought over the past couple of weeks that is, has brought that on. But man, my kids don't even know what it's like to have a dad that goes into the office because for so long I've been working from home most of their life. Yeah. Um, so they don't know that, you know, it's weird that dads don't eat breakfast, lunch, dinner with them. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. there putting them down for bed. They go to bed at 7.30. So, you know, we're, we're having family prayer as a family. We're reading stories. I'm putting kids in bed. And that's, yeah. that's the routine every day. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, we get the one-on-one -on -one time a couple times a week with each kid where we might go for a run together. My, my oldest likes to ride her bike while I'll, I'll run. I might create magnetiles with my son. He's four. You know, my youngest probably gets the least amount of time, but he's two. So we're reading stories and, you know, chasing, chasing them around like gorillas and zombies. But, but there's, you know, it, it changes by the kid, but it's very intentional in terms of, I got to make sure that my kids know that I am front and center for them. Yeah. I'm there because I want them talking to me when they get older and teenagers and yeah. the challenges that inherently come with that. Yeah. And that's something, um, my Adrian has been really trying to, I would say press on my kids, you know, cause generally we do go in the office, but I've been fortunate enough to the, you know, especially coming to California is my, my boss is great and kind of just lets me run, you know? And so like, if I, I have to go to the office, you know, when I do, my wife tries to remind the kids like, Hey kids, I know you don't want your dad to go to the office, but trust me, you get 15 times more time with him than pretty much every military member in the United States. So like, leave dad alone. Trust me. He already doesn't want, you know, cause then I feel bad. I'm like, God, I hate that. I have, you know, cause I'm so used to being home now. And so I'm like, look, daddy will be home by three o'clock. And when I get home, like we'll kick it, we'll go outside, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll do whatever. Um, so I, I get what you're saying. Um, and I know Roy, I know Roy's kind of battled with that too in the past as well. Cause he, oh, yeah. he's a, he's a worker just like I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, so like now, like I, I try to take them to the office with me. If I do go to the office and like they're out of school or whatnot, I'll take them to the office with me. I mean, but even like growing up for me, I can honestly say that's when I got majority of my eye-to-eye -eye time with my dad um, was with him at work. No matter what job he was doing, if he had the ability to take me with him, that was the time that I got to spend with him. And it was a... It was a, it was a good thing to me. It was a good thing because I learned one good work ethic because that's all I saw him do. Like all he, he was always working, but I can honestly say I've spent a lot of time with my dad growing up. Um, so if he got done changing out an AC unit, okay, we went and got ice cream afterwards, or I was helping him pass the screwdriver or something like that. So and he called me. Uh, what was it? I was an apprentice. He's like, you just be my apprentice. I, was <laughs> no. like, I didn't know what that was at the time. I'm like, oh my God, I'm an apprentice. Thanks, Dad. I love you. <laughs> and then when I get older, I'm like, ah. Like, I was just, you just, I was just, you your, little, I was just your little sidekick. <laughs> but it, but growing up, it was cool. And like now, when I do it with my kids, even as a recruiter, and we have opportunities to go out and actually do different things out in the public, especially pre COVID, like my daughter she was better than me like if 
she can go past stuff out and people come like, oh, I want to talk to you. You're like, wow, like, oh, your daughter just gave me this. Like, yeah, you might be on to something. So, <laughs> I, I think just finding that balance. Um, and I think about it like um, giving them a peek in my world and things that interest me as mm-hmm. well as the things that interest them. So like my daughter, she likes to sew. I got her a sewing kit. Now, I have a lot of poke fingers because of needles and stuff like that, but that's something that interests her. Uh, my son, comic books and art. I can't draw, but he can. So I just try to show whatever they're showing interest in, I try to help foster it because it's easy. I can say, hey, son, you should play baseball, but he, if he wants to do karate, I should encourage that and be interested in that. So. Yeah, for sure. That's how I try to do my 1%. Yeah, I know, like, so I didn't have a dad growing up, so I'm still trying to, like, I'm, like, learning how to be a dad. Like, I mean, as we all are, obviously, because there's no book, right? Um, But, you know, like, especially with all my kids, there's so many different personalities. Like, my oldest daughter, she she decided, she's like, I don't want to ride a bike. Like, it's it's just not what I want to do. You know, obviously, as a father, I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to ride a bike? Like, that's what (laughs) we're going to do, man. But, but, you know, but, you know, but my wife had both her parents, my in-laws or whatever. And she's like, look, you know, I'm a girl. I can identify. Don't push her. We're already going to, as parents, we're going to make her do so many things in life that she already doesn't want to do. You know, let's not encourage the activity necessarily she doesn't want to do. Let's encourage, let's be better at encouraging activities that she is interested in and then be a part of those experiences. And then every once in a while we'll push, like you should try this food or something like that. But Let's not be riding a bike isn't like an integral skill that's going to yeah. change her life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just learned that same um, thing to Cam with RJ riding a bike. He likes he likes roller skating. There you go. There you go. And so, I mean, what is some like so as you've kind of taken on this journey, you know, um, Jared, you know, moving into the coaching space, the professional coaching space, what? Um, what are some of like, I'm trying to think, well, how do I want to structure? Like, what are some of the big things that you, that you yourself have taken out of as you've worked with yes. clients where you're like, they gave you an aha moment. Maybe you're like, Oh, like write that down. <laughs> add it to my, add it to my yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a lot of my perspective has shifted because, and I, you know, I kind of, if you, if you've seen any of my content online, I have this bit where I do, uh, um, you know, a, a time traveling coach, right. Like I'm, I'm travel, I'm time traveling, and that is straight up what I'm doing. Like I've, I've talked to people who, you know, they are at the, you know, much later years of life, and they've built a huge successful business, and they're calling me to say, hey, you know, how do I connect with my daughter? Hey, my wife doesn't want to touch me anymore. Like, what do I do? And, and I, I've had, and I don't like to talk about this a ton, but I've had a, a one client who will forever be seared in my brain because he is who I would be if I lived all the excuses that came in my brain, if I justified all the behavior that came in my brain, if I treated people the way that I think uh, sometimes the natural man wants to treat people because it was like talking to me, man. And he was a 60 year old man who was not happy and just listening to him talk about the way he treated his wife, the way he just, and the way he justified it was like, dude, if I made all the bad choices, that's who I will become. And so every day when I'm talking to somebody, whether it's somebody older or younger, 
it brings out like, you know what, today, like I'm, I come down and I double down. Like I either go to bed super grateful that I'm like not making some of the choices these people are making, or I go to bed like super aware of like, you know what, I got to do better at that, which is why, you know, like this time, this eye to eye time has come up with other conversations and other clients where I'm like, you know, how am I doing there? I I'm, I'm coaching, I'm talking to all these people about this connection, but if I really calculated my eye to eye time and I don't watch sports and I don't, I, you know, I don't play games. I don't have any games on my phone. I don't, I'm not a gamer, Yeah. yeah. but I work a lot, right? Like I, yeah. I, I am pretty focused and involved in my work and I can do better of doing that one-on-one and, and really connecting with my kids. And so, you know, those are the types of things where I come away from a call and I'm like, man, I got to really make sure I'm carving out the time for, for all of them. You know, um, you know, years ago, I was working with a client who was on the verge of divorce and just listening to her talk about the challenges with her husband and the, the challenges that they had communicating back and forth. Like my wife and I sat down and we're like, how do we make our relationship even better? And we started carving out time each week to talk about different topics. So talking about parenting, where we would read the same books and we talk about parenting strategies and you know what we're doing. Are we on the same page or are we not? We started talking about intimacy, like really exploring. We started listening to some podcasts about sex and you know just really having open conversations about how we feel about it all, so that we can come together and, and collaborate. Like those are things that have spawned out of these conversations and these this perspective that I'm so grateful clients show me. Yeah. And, and trust me with, because it helps me think about, wow, like I need to do this differently, or I can do more, or I can do this more intentionally, you know, or from a business perspective, I had talked to the business owner who just won't ever give up anything. And they're just running themselves ragged, you know, working their hands to the bone because they can't, they can't say no to any, any task that's happening in their business. And so they hit a ceiling, they hit a plateau, they hit that, that wall that they can't break through because they're unwilling to let go. So I then look into my business. Okay, like where do I need to start letting go? Where do I start need to trust somebody else to do as good of a job as me or better job? Like heaven forbid, somebody's better at it than I am. Not hard to do, but you know what I mean? So it just has given me that perspective. I've doubled down on my health because honestly, a lot of my clients struggle with just their health in general, having good habits and, and you know, all of that experience has created our formula, which is to help people be consistent, help people be correct and help people be controlled. And uh, so, you know, we couldn't do it without them. And it's absolutely impacted my life in the way that I think we've impacted theirs. No, yeah, I feel that. <clears throat> and you're right. It's like those conversations are so important. Like the other day we dropped off, uh, we dropped off my kids at my in-laws house and we were on the search for the little chocolate balls that you can put in, you know, hot milk and it'll bloop. And we, yeah. we never, you know, so we showed, yeah, <laughs> if you would, you would, and so we showed showed up. Um, we got to the store, and I don't even know how the conversation spurred, but we started talking about our children as teenagers, and what are we doing now to help to help build their bond so that they can protect one another, but also what are we what are we teaching in the behaviors that we're doing to, like you said, affect that communication that we're going to have with them. We spent an hour in the parking lot at this store just sitting there talking. And I remember when we got done, we were, we were both like, you know, this was, um, this was really nice. That, and this, you know, we don't do this very often just because the kids are always around. My kids stay up late just because we're pretty loose about, you know, loosey-goosey with certain things. 
um but, you know we were like yeah like this was this was good you know like this this was a really communicative moment and so um i definitely i get it man <laughs> well, i i love that for so many reasons and and your listeners can take note because you you had whether it was carved out or not you had this space where you were able to communicate and get on the same page and what's happening right now is that's that's not happening because people are working so crazy all day the kids whether they go to bed or not you know, either they're up and they're around, and you can't get that time and space, or they go to bed and then we turn on Netflix and we start binge watching something. And then that ends. And we're super tired because we watched one more episode that we know we shouldn't have, but we had to. And then we're like, hey, let's go to let's go to bed. And I I guarantee it happens all the time. Conversations start to spark when you start that going to bed process. But now you're now you're tired. Now you start falling asleep. And so it just diminishes the, the richness of that conversation because we put all these other things, we've stacked all these other things in front of it and it's just getting crowded out. But just like that, where you kind of have the time and space, you had an amazing conversation. How can people, all your listeners have more amazing conversations today that will help them be better, better partners, better parents, and honestly, better employees. Like, Though that has to happen. Definitely. Um, Thank you. So as we as we near the end of the podcast, there are there are two major questions we like to ask our listeners. Or sorry, our guests. And so the first one is, you know, um, in your business, you know, in your industry, you know, what is one of the first I mean, it's probably what we just talked about, but what's one of the first pieces of advice that you give somebody, you know, friend, business, you know, a business owner, client, you know, whoever have you. What's one of the biggest pieces of advice that you give based off, you know, your industry and what you think can help somebody take those first steps to, to making things better? Yeah, for sure. Number one is always the same, whether it's a business client, a parenting client, a, uh, you know, a, a personal one-on-one client. Uh, and that's to get super clear, crystal clear, concrete, clear on the vision. What are you trying to accomplish? And don't just think about it one dimensionally, like your business or, you know, um, your 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 home life think about it holistically yeah and bring in the people who need to be a part of that mm-hmm. think what does it look like five years down the road when our family fights yeah what does that sound like mm-hmm. how do we make up what who, you know what do we do when there's tears like the more granular you can get about that vision mm-hmm. that helps start to pave mm-hmm. the map that now you know okay if we want to get to that man we've got to change a ton of things yeah. We got to stop doing A, B, C, D, and we can move that direction. So number one, always get ultra clear about the vision. And that's uh, that's the second time I've heard that today because I, I did a you know I did a coffee with Cam, same thing you and I did, and um, the guy that I talked to, Dave, so he was in the Navy, um, retired out of the Navy, and I asked him why you know why the Navy, bro, and he said when I was seven years old, when the, uh, me, my dad and I watched the space shuttle take off. And I said, dad, what's that? And, you know, and he was like, oh, those are astronauts going to space. And he said, what do I have to do to do that? At seven years old. And his dad was like, well, his dad was in the Navy. And so he's like, you got to be a pilot. And he's like, and the best pilots are in the Navy. And he's like, and the best pilots in the Navy go to the Naval Academy. And he's like, so what are you going to do now to get to the Naval Academy? Seven years old. Huge. And he carved out the next 11 years of his life. And he went to the Naval Academy. And he ended up being a pilot. And he did 20 years. And he he didn't get selected, but he had just applied to be an astronaut. You know? And so, 
you know, and he and that's what we were talking about. He said, you know, that was thirty years accumulated of goal setting, you know, and um, that you know that blew my mind, you know, because as you know, this way when we talk, like I'm a racy person, you know, I I, I go, I go, I go, um, and so definitely, I you know, goal setting has become one thing that I have um, gotten better at recently, and and so forth as as we've started this journey with the podcast and things like that. Um, but yeah, and then it's so, it's so powerful. A good vision becomes your north star. All those times where it's hard, where it's difficult, where you don't want to get out of bed because the alarm is, you know, going off across the room and it's cold. Like you think about that vision and the more clear that is, the easier it's going to be then to move to the next step. Yeah. Um, No, you're right. (laughs) And so um, the second question we asked is, when you hear the phrase scared money, don't make money, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, it, 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 it calls to my mind somebody who doesn't understand how courage works. Right. Scared money, don't make money. Like if you're scared, fear uh, is the number one paralysis of anybody doing anything. But courage is what overcomes fear and it opens the gateway to experience that then creates confidence. So you're never going to be able to clear the hurdles unless you're willing to venture out into what you haven't done, whether that be entrepreneurship or if that be, you know, joining the Navy, become an astronaut. Like you've, you've got to push yourself into new environments, new experiences so that you can take the hard hits. You can find yourself the power to be able to get back up and keep going and learn from the mistakes and actually accomplish your goals. So that's what, that's what comes to mind for me is, people who are unable to and who don't understand how vital courage is to push into that experience so that they can have the confidence that honestly they're so jealous of everybody else having. We got you, Roy. So, 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 ah. <laughs> so ah. we, so this is, so this is episode 24, right? 24. And so the reason why he, you know, <laughs> It's an animated man. Uh, is because with every guest that we've had, um, honestly, we've just been lucky enough that all all of you have not only been very instantaneous about your answers, which obviously means you have conviction in your answer, but mm-hmm. every answer has been different in its own way. And it's, you know, and so, well, you know, when we started the show, we first asked the question, we obviously assumed that it becomes an easy answer. And so I'm just glad that we have chosen guests that can bring a, a dynamic to that question every single episode for our, for our listeners. Um, so that's why Roy does that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, cause like it, it, uh, it it's, it's just like someone who doesn't understand courage that, that, that itself says a lot because like you just said, you have to have the courage to, get out of that comfort zone and i th- i mean sitting back looking at it even with covid i think in so many ways it has allowed people to fall into that comfort zone easier uh, there are those who have pushed the envelope and have actually started businesses um made bigger moves than they ever could have done but i look at it like they understood that courage but on the flip side, there are a lot of people who actually just became more reserved and more scared in a way. And oh, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to just stay in my house, which we're supposed to do. But there are so many other things 
in this world that you still can do. It's just you don't have the courage to fall to go through it. Can, can I can I make a uh, just a, a bold accusation that may or may you you may or may not agree with it, but I actually don't think that many people have even left their comfort zone. Mm. Like oh, I, when, I, when I think about the experiences that I've had as a business owner, uh, the experiences that you guys have as in the military, I mean, like I don't even think my experience can even just compare at all. So just please, like let's let's put the military in this whole other realm, right? People who are going into combat, <laughs> where literally your life is on the line. Like, sorry, I don't think that I'm that uncomfortable when I'm like, hey, I'm going to try this <laughs> business venture, all you know, cush from my my air conditioned heated house. What I mean by that even more is that, listen, lots of people can say, hey, I'm going to ride this into the ground. Mm-hmm. But you know what? When the wheels stop start wobbling, people run for the hills, man. People are like, oh, hey, whoa, wait, those wheels are wobbling. That's not what I signed up for. They love to say I'm an entrepreneur. They love to say I'm in the grind. They love to say I'm doing it. But when those wheels start wobbling, then what happens? And when one wheel starts falling off and the other wheel starts falling off, and now you got one little tender wheel that's looking super wobbly and that's all you got left. What do you do? Do you start calling friends and looking for bailouts? Do you start sending out the resume or do you say, you know what? Let's see what happens yeah. and let it fall off. And I, I just a personal experience, you know, two years ago, we, I'm su- you can tell I'm super passionate about this two years yeah. ago, <laughs> you know, it was the end of the year and Dude, we were, you know, this whole pivoting and just figuring things out, right? Two years, we had zero money in our bank account. Mm. Hit negative for the first time in my business. Mm. It was Christmas time. Oh, end of the right. end of the year, we got no money for presents. We got we got nothing. Yeah. And as we're moving up to that point where I know the money is going to be gone. Yeah. I had that real thought. I'm, 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 I'm on my floor in my office with tears coming down my face. Like, is this the end? Is this? Yeah. And then I think, you know what? Like, this is what I signed up for. Yeah. I'm getting after it. And I yeah. got up within 10 days. We had $20,000 in the bank. Ooh. Had I retreated, had I retreated from, from that, that moment of, I got one wheel, one wobbly wheel left. Ooh. I probably, I could, I could have got a job. I could have called up 10 buddies and said, Hey, I, it, you know, I've, I've hit my wall. I'm done. Mm-hmm. But here I am two late, two years later, because in that single moment, and there's been other moments like it, oh, guys. Sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh. it hasn't all been sunshine and roses since oh, then. Yeah. Man, those moments, we've got to just exercise that courage and push into them and say, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I oh. promise you know, win, lose, or draw, you're going to come out bigger, better, stronger, and you're going to live to see better results on another day. But if we retract, then all we're doing is we're reinforcing a habit of retracting, running away. And when you do that, your comfort zone shrinks, yeah. and that is the worst kind of jail to be in. That's all. I know we're over time, but... No, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. Mm. All right. No, yeah. No, and I, I mean... My transition from active duty was the same thing. I got three weeks up to the day that I was supposed to like say if I'm going to stay in the Air Force or not. And people are like, you know, I got people coming from all sides like, man, it's not happening. You know, it was over Thanksgiving holiday. I was waiting to find out if I got the job, if my, med- you know, stuff clearances went through and things like that. And um, I remember um, even even one of the guys I was working my paperwork, 
was like, yo, you're a beast, man. I would have, I would have quit. I would have just, I would have just re-enlisted and called it a day. And I was like, no, bro. Like I can see, I can see the rainbow and I refuse to just give up until that. I'll wait till the last day if I have to. You can mess up my pay, whatever you want to do. But I swear I am not signing a piece of paper until that is the very last option of what's going to happen here. There you go, man. So, but anyways, that Encour- encouraged me. Hey, wait. <laughs> uh, woo, I feel the spirit. <laughs> um, but so, last segment. Um, please tell people where to find you, man. The services that you offer. Obviously, I love your videos on LinkedIn. They're Thank great. You. I love how you bring your kids into it too. He do- he does one where his his kids interviewing him. <laughs> so I thought it was amazing. So tell people where to find you, man. So hopefully we can get you hooked up, and then we'll and then we'll end it. Yeah, for sure. LinkedIn is probably the best up-to-date place to find me. Um, Jared J. Greer on LinkedIn. I'm connected with Cam. So, you know, connect with him first and then connect with me. Um, and then you can you can go to greermethod.com, but that's going over a complete overhaul in January. So, um, but before I go, I want to thank you guys for your service. Honestly, you guys have have volunteered to protect our freedoms and our rights and dude, there is no, there's nothing more honorable than that. So just thank you for your service. Hey man, no, we we appreciate you, man. Um, but anyways, that is another episode of Scare Money Don't Make Money, and we'll see y'all later. Thanks, Amen. y'all. Thanks.